Hey guys, welcome to the debrief. This is a debrief of our conversation with Ryan Selkis, the conversation of two parts. David, the first was regulatory and the second was a rehash of the debate. Is ETH money or not? Well, it's kind of the debate, but it's really more like, is ETH going to flip in Bitcoin? And are you betting on that? <laughs> that mm -hmm. was really the conversation. Let's talk about the first part first, right. David. Yeah. So I feel like uh, Selkis has been spitting fire on Twitter, man. Like galvanizing uh, the industry at some level, pushing back against and like saying things that everyone in crypto sort of feels like i mean we're building stuff here we're doing our part how about u.s government you come support what we're doing rather than getting in the way or if you can't support it just shut up about it like you don't know what you're <laughs> talking about i mean everyone feels that but ryan's been able to uh, articulate it i think recently so that was a, a good conversation at first i like many of the people in the crypto world uh maybe not many, but like once upon a time, I was very politically motivated, uh, just paid attention to politics, very, very active, uh, and then kind of just got disillusioned, right? Uh, as many, many do with how effective the individual can be inside of the political sphere. Um, you know, there are lots of uh, reasons to not like political games. And so I tapped out and that's when I started to, uh, to turn my attention to, to completely different realms, such as physical therapy and then into crypto. But as it turns out, crypto is actually one of the most- come full circle. It's full circle. Crypto is like <laughs> one of those politically again. relevant <laughs> things that you could ever dedicate your attention to. Uh, and so it turns out like politics is, is a fact of life. And even though, like Ryan said, there's so many in this industry who, uh, and actually Jake also said this too, so many in this industry are in this industry, so they don't have to deal with government. Yet it is the most- but government is wanting to deal with crypto, right? Regardless. And if we want to have this fun playground of an industry without having just like overbearing regulations on it and have it actually blossom into the version of the future that we want, we have to tussle with a nation state. We've always known this. Uh, it seems to be that these days are finally ahead of us. Um, but I'm a big fan of using how sharp and talented and capitalize this industry is to go on the offensive and actually leverage the values that we have and the money that we have to sway political to political fights. Like, well, let me ask you this though, David. It's like, so Ryan was advocating fighting fire with fire, right? right. His basic premise is like, hey, if you want Washington on your side, you got to pay up. Mm -hmm. That's that's what he was saying. You got to right. pay up in two forms. One is like money, actual payment. The second form is votes, right? right? So those are the things that politicians care about in particular, le le like legislators. So, but like, there's an element of like, not vote so much, but the money piece, fire with fire. Are we becoming that which we hate? What, like, what's your take on that? Why, why should crypto like do what mm -hmm. the NRA is or big tobacco is doing or big right. banking or big tech is doing and, and play this lobbyist game? Yeah, it, it does feel very Moloch-y, right? Where like, if you don't play the game, well, then you lose. And if you do play the game, well, you've lost. Um, the difference- How do you lose? Uh, if you don't play the play game, the well, game. then then they'll just regulate you I get you if away. you don't play the game, but if you do play the game, how do you think you lose? Well, you, you play the game because you legitimize the game, right? Like we're trying to not have corruption, not have money be a part of the system. But I, I, think it actually, I think it actually works out. And the reason why this is different than like Big Tobacco or the NRA or is because like, those are all profit motives. Like Big Tobacco wants to capture regulation so that they can sell cigarettes to children. Like the NRA wants like political clout so that they can have their guns. 
Um, crypto wants to inject money into the political sphere so that we can protect our industry. And that's the part that doesn't have politics. And so we're protecting a new domain of reality that we've created that is supposed to be anti-political, anti-corruption, anti-bribery, anti-political games, right? So like it's, it will, we'll take the lesser evil of playing the political games at the nation state meets bait level, level so that we can protect the non-nation state network to state uh, digital layer. And so, so long as we can protect the fact that we don't have to play political games inside of the industry of crypto, I think we should be happy to play political games outside of crypto. Let me ask you this though, like, uh, is it, isn't it at some level crypto doing the same thing that all these others industry in industry uh, lobbies do, which is like protecting their bank account, their, their, their own profits. Their capital. Right? Like, yeah. Number go yeah. up is part of the motivation here for crypto. I think we need to uh, like recognize that. Is that a corrupting thing? Does this make us no better than the others? What's the difference? No, no. Cause like I said, the, the products that our industry makes is like new financial real estate for all to live on. Right. Uh, and so, um, it's if, if big tobacco or the NRA are successful, like, uh, like I said, there's just more tobacco products, but if, <laughs> if, 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 if Ethereum is successful, then there's financial in inclusion. And so it's the end result of these goals that is really being protected. And that's really the, with a differentiator here. Yeah. It's because we are trying to protect something that a technology that is inherently decentralized, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, protecting um, cryptography, right. something like that. It's like inherently right. it's a, a defensive technology that empowers the individual and the citizen right. versus the government. Right. right. Yeah. I, I, I do kind of think that, and I, you know, I, I've just been um, sort of recently more, I guess, maybe obsessed with this point that like, Hey, this could actually be a way to get more digital freedoms, not just related to cryptocurrency, but like also outside of, of cryptocurrency, maybe crypto, the industry can sort of fund these initiatives that I feel like we've made absolutely no progress on. Like the last 20 to 30 years entrance into the digital age, we have a lost like more and more digital freedoms. Like I feel it eroding even in our lifetime, like, un like even the last 10 years, I, I just feel it all eroding and there's no counterforce in DC to push back against this. And there's the deep pockets don't really care, right? Mm -hmm. They're, they're busy fighting other games. So maybe crypto becomes a catalyst for not just cryptocurrency, but like other digital freedoms as well. And, um, you know, the crypto industry gets to flex its muscles that way. At least I hope that's the case. That's the optimistic case. The pessimistic case, I guess, is like we become corrupted like all of the rest, David. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. You are conveniently wearing this, uh, the cypherpunk shirt, right? And I'm trying to find the name right now, but I think it is, uh, maybe he's not on there. Um, there was a cypherpunk that fought, fought this, the PCP protection against the government. Anyways, the, the point of the story is that our industry started, if you remember, if the listener remembers the Before Bitcoin series that we read and, and did an interview with Peter Pan, our industry started with the cypherpunks in the 70s, right? And it started off with a group of like 10, 15 people, and then it grew into a group of 100 to 150. And as we were growing through the 80s and 90s, uh, the cypherpunks went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the nation-state to protect cryptography and won. And because they protected cryptography, Bitcoin was able to be created. And now we have crypto economics. And so now we are, once again, now that we have crypto economics, now crypto economics is going to toe-to-toe -to -toe with the nation-state. Uh, and so we are just once again following in the footsteps of cypherpunks 
uh, and going toe to toe with the nation state to protect these social systems. And as the cypherpunk said, cypherpunks know that cryptography makes social structures. We know this. Uh, and, and so like the, the, well, and one of the themes of, of this industry that I'm fascinated by is like the, the things that cryptography and now crypto economics really unlock as they allow everyone to be a cypherpunk of their own flavor. Mm. Um, it allows you and me to be cypherpunk uh, content producers and it allows people like Jake Shervinsky to be cypherpunk lawyers. Yeah. Uh, and so now That's we have, thing. now we have uh, everyone, everyone can be a cypherpunk and a fight in their own realm. And now, but also specifically with crypto economics, we we're can capitalize. We can capitalize. We, we Those can guys capitalize did it on like a, a shoestring budget, right? Just lawyers, out of pure passion, like right? Donations. And that's why that's why there's only ten or fifteen of them. But to, <laughs> to your point, now we actually have the money to inject behind cypherpunk values, and cypherpunk values aren't just protecting Bitcoin and Ethereum and DeFi and NFTs. They're protecting digital privacy. They're protecting our self sovereignty and our individualism. Uh, and so n now with crypto economics, we have trillion, a, tr two, a couple trillion dollar industry to actually have financial incentives to protect these things, which makes me get... really optimistic. I, I totally agree. And it, this is back to kind of the virus that is uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin and ETH, right? Which is like, um, do you want to know the fastest way to get legislators on our side, actually, David? Mm -hmm. Bribes? I mean, donations. I kind of like, so, so that's one path, but also oh, like okay. if they own crypto, Oh, they're like yeah, sure. automatically on our side, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's like it, the interesting thing that the, the um, cypherpunks didn't have is an army of people who own crypto and are actually financially incented mm -hmm. to like want good crypto policy in their nation state. And this has happened without the U.S. like blessing it, um, you know, trying to stop it. It's just like happened. Mm -hmm. uh, there's that um, crypto.com report we saw recently it was like 250 million people over the world uh, own crypto, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of like embedded agents fighting for self-sovereign cryptocurrency inside of their nation states and are financially incented to do that. That's something the cypherpunks didn't have. It was like more of a public goods sort of problem, like cryptography would be good for everyone, but individuals weren't financially incented to come join the fight and come help right. them. So, man, I don't know. I. Uh, the nation state is dealing with a different um, mm -hmm. foe this right. time around. If they if they choose again, it doesn't. It's not. It's not a foregone conclusion that the nation state has to be against crypto. It's just like the authoritarian nation state mm -hmm. needs to be if, against. Yeah, like, right. Like we've said before, David. I mean, crypto is never going to build hospitals and roads and like you know help you in these ways. Like we'll need a nation state structure, um, and like it's not going to accomplish everything. I mean, it's, it can't provide like physical security, for instance. There are things we need from the nation state, but it does have to potentially scale back, you know, step back, get disrupted some other ways. And so it just doesn't tend to like to shrink, it just tends to want to consume right. and control. Right. There, there is a fundamental commitment towards authoritarianism as a nation state. If you are a nation state, you have some sort of authoritarian authoritarianism in you if you have a military and you have a police force that is like one step towards like well having a monopoly on violence right um uh where was i going with that well but um, that's that's back to um uh um uh, we're just talking the article you wrote um you know i'm talking about uh about I've a lot of articles oh my god um <laughs> the Le leviathan concept oh digital leviathans yeah the digital mm -hmm. leviathan concept of right. like mm -hmm. 
that is some base trade-off that we've made for coordination is we've created this digital, this Leviathan, which is the nation state to give us protection in order to help like coordination. So uh, yes, we have already made that trade-off at least, mm -hmm. but I mean, there's a point at which it's worth it. And there's a point at which it's like, it's like no longer worth it. The Leviathan becomes rent seeking and is not mm -hmm. providing right. the thing that society needs from it. Right. Well, one, th one thing I'm interested in, in seeing, and may maybe this arises, maybe this doesn't, but like we, we all know that the difference between bribes and, and uh, donations in the political landscape are there's a, there's a very, very blurry line. Um, basically, a, a half of politics is figuring out ways to legalize bribery. I would love for there to be like the, and this, this could be so simple and this would be a fascinating experiment is to like make some sort of DAO to co coordinate a lot of capital. Uh, and then we, this, this DAO will just give all of this money. We will airdrop a, like a thousand ether to Elizabeth Warren if she does what the DAO wants. Right. And it'll, <laughs> oh, it'll be, boy. it'll be out in the open. It'll be public. It'll be transparent, but the incentives will be there. Uh, and I think that will be a fascinating experiment with both just like, you know, political donations and also for crypto to engage with the nation state. Like, is that absolutely crazy? Or is that like, I mean, do you know, I mean, there was Yang Dao, if you remember Yang Dao, um, but that was yeah, more I mean, of a, look, there's Yang Dao, there's super PACs, there's all sorts of things that are effectively doing what you say, but doing it in a way that's not as um, rash, explicit, right? Right. As yeah. to what the game is. Mm -hmm. Um but, but if there's one thing that the crypto industry is good at, it is making formally obfuscated things extremely explicit. That is a theme of this industry. But then it's then then it's a question of like, um, I mean, do we want that? Like the the ideal the ideal is that you actually take money out of politics, right? Like that is the ideal to the like to the maximum extent you can, right? I mean, I don't think it's like, possible. Of course, it's like, I, I like, think taking out of like money out of politics is just called Ethereum or crypto. Well, right. So like. Uh, it's not possible. It does, you know, corrupt things, but um, man, that's like, um, that's doubling down on money mm. in politics and making it explicit, but also like just, um, you know, putting it right out in the open. And right. I wonder, um, I wonder how it would react. It's basically the idea of like an open super PAC, isn't it? Right. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so much to do that. I, I, I'm just really excited. I'm actually really excited um, because this is sort of a social movement that is now turning a little bit into a political movement. Right. And, um, you know, I think crypto needs that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was a good conversation with Ryan. Um, yep. We've got some good people. Yep. Um, you want to talk about ETH sure. real quick? His takes on ETH? Yeah. Changed a little bit, you know? Sorry. I mean, not, what did you say? His takes on ETH changed a little bit, but like <sighs> not... No, no, it's not what I was looking for. It's not exactly <laughs> what I wanted. He, but he did just absolutely go out and say it uh, that uh, he wouldn't put more ETH on his own personal uh, into his personal portfolio than Bitcoin because that would be because he's not stupid, right? And so, like that is on the record. And then, then he did say like, well, there yes, tax reasons to to not do that. But like, I'm not sure if that's what he was saying when he said that. Oh, I'm not stupid. I'll never put more ether in my portfolio uh, maybe he's than just Bitcoin. Poking us. That's just a little fun, maybe. Well, he should have made that more explicit because it's now on it's on podcast, and so and so when ether does actually flip in Bitcoin, like we'll have that to go back to. He said uh, it went from a 0.2 percent chance to mm -hmm. a 20 percent right. chance in your mind. Mm -hmm. What is it in his mind? What is it in your mind? The chance that uh, ether flips in Bitcoin? Absolute certainty. 
<laughs> nothing is absolute certainty. Okay. All right. It's well, the- then 99.9%. <laughs> really? You're that certain? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why? What gives you this confidence? Because Bitcoin is a proof of concept with a massive marketing cult behind it. And Ether is the most sci-fi monetary system I've ever, uh, you can, there, that's out there. But like, you have to like put in like, like say just execution risk or like say, um, you know, the, the cult is stronger than you think on, on Bitcoin, like, or something fundamentally breaks down with like, there has to be some margin of like error in a prediction. All right, what, what do you want from me, Ryan? Like what, 99%? Like you want me to, want me to walk back to no, 99%? No, I'm, like, I'm just wondering. I'm just like, like if, if the, the execution risk, the thing is like, it's not all or nothing. And so like, if we like mess up the merge somehow, we can just do it again. Like we have the ability to like redo stuff. And we've, we've seen that before. That's like the worst case scenario. But like if the merge Fs up, we can just do it again via social consensus because as we know, the layer to zero is people and we will do it in a way that harms the least amount of people and benefits the most amount of people. At what point in time did you become like 99% uh, sure? Let me ask that. I, interestingly, um, maybe I wasn't 99% sure at this moment in time, but the day multi-collateral die launched, I became really, really bullish on distributed systems and distributed teams being able to coordinate across the globe on a really complex, unprecedented problems. And I actually t- remember tweeted out the day that multi-collateral die launched that like, this makes me so much more bullish on the, fo- the long-term vision of Ethereum being executed on because it like, felt like a microcosm of the overall grander scheme. Um, it's, it's hard to say that there was one particular event. Um, the threshold for proof of stake getting lowered from 1500 ETH to 32 ETH was very, very helpful with that. Uh, of course, the actual deposit contract going online felt very, very strong. Um, maybe maybe previously, I ne- wouldn't really have been able to articulate that um, that there's actually a certain percentage likelihood of you know Ethereum actually being completed in the vision that it that it was advertised by. But like, I have just never seen any evidence to ever doubt any of the Ethereum builders. Uh, and so, and it's also the nature of this industry to always route around problems if they ever come up. Uh, and so it's, it's just an in- inevitability. I will never actually say that it's soon, but it is an inevitability. I, uh, I'll tell you my personal journey. So like my personal journey is probably like, um, like I was sold on Bitcoin when I first learned about it, um, but like it didn't capture me. Mm-hmm. Then I learned about Ether and I was like, oh, this is a better Bitcoin. This right. is so much cooler. Right? right. So at that point in time, I felt like Ether would flip in, you know, Bitcoin. This is around like, you know, say 2016 or so, 2017, like that whole era. Um, but I wasn't sure about it. Right. I was probably like 70% sure ish. Um, and then some things after in 2018, if you remember, like, the roadmap changed. Proof of stake was far more delayed on the roadmap than I thought it was. And there was a period of time where I was like, I don't know if the Ethereum uh, ecosystem research team, development team is actually going to pull this one out, mm-hmm. right? Like there've been so many changes, felt like layer two was kind of at a dead end. Remember we had state channels, plasma, nothing was really happening. So will we solve scalability? And I probably dipped below uh, 70%. At that point in time, then like things started happening, dude, like 
Mm-hmm. Uh, DeFi takes off, right? Ratch, yeah. Ratchet up the percentage. Uh, wow, product market fit for this use case. Mm-hmm. You know, NFTs, wow, product market fit for this. The Ethereum 2 starts shipping, like mm-hmm. Beacon Chain, now EIP 1559. I'm not 99% sure, but I'm like 90, right? And like creeping so up as these so happen. <laughs> well, it's just like, I mean, um, yeah, but like, so I, I, I still very much think that uh, the flipping is, um, I wouldn't say inevitable, but it's like highly likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's just the difference between like how, how we think. Yeah, like right, I totally, right. I get you saying like 99%, but like, I'm also like, hey man, everything's a probability cloud and like, right. we can't tell the future and that sort of thing. But I, I, I yeah. think what, what gives me like the, the strongest assurances is that even when like the, the roadmap got delayed and like we were just had the, the worst bear market of Ethereum ever and like funding almost ran out. You never, you never saw any developers leaving Ethereum and staying in crypto. If they ever, when, when we had the 2018, 19 bear market and people left, uh, it's not like people left for Ethereum to go back and develop on Bitcoin or develop on EOS. If you actually got dis- disillusioned with the industry, you actually left. But developers stayed on Ethereum. Like it, they didn't just choose a different platform. And if they did choose a different platform and that platform died because everything died in 2018, you would move towards Ethereum. So Ethereum has always been this natural epicenter for developer activity. And so like pairing that with the fact that like the other, like, like I said earlier, a core characteristic with Ethereum with crypto is to route around problems. Like Ethereum had all the developer attention uh, and People and some of the core Ethereum developers just weren't leaving and they believed in this thing from day one, right? And so like, like sure, we'll, we'll try a bajillion different things and, and we'll do it until, until it works. Like it doesn't have to get done perfectly on the first attempt for me to have a 99% conviction on, on the fact that Ethereum 2.0 will be here. Well, now you've got me curious because I want to understand how, how you think about this, David. So probability that a, uh, another chain will flip Ether. Ethereum in, a, in market a, cap before before I see signals of developer migration zero percent like right now just what, give it right now uh, under ten percent <laughs> all right fair enough is that reasonable enough but I even, mean it's all even reasonable it's really high it's bit it's kind of based on what you think right but like right. um yeah. I, I guess anything could happen, but anyway, I, I am, um, I guess I think our, our debate with Ryan Selkis last time held up is mm-hmm. all I would say. Um, and, uh, you know, that feels good. Happy about yes. that. Cheers. Ethan's doing well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say? <laughs> oh, we're going to have to invite Ryan Selkis back once again to get an update on both sides of the same conversation in the future. So I guess we'll just have to stay tuned for that. Yeah, crypto NRA. I guess it's happening. Crypto, <laughs> we need a new branding for that. We are <laughs> <Yeah>. terrible <laughs> with naming things. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in to the debrief, guys.